702. Call Rafilwe on 011-883-0702. She is a parenting expert, author, speaker, and human potential expert. Nikki Bush uh, is uh, has mastered the art of the soundbite, but uh, you're telling, you're giving parents, Nikki, this morning, just a heads up on how to do so for themselves when communicating with their children as opposed to nagging because there's so much competition for attention and uh, kids tune out when we start that same old speech from the top once again. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Rafilwe. And I'm thinking you're probably thinking about those children who are rolling their eyeballs at their parents. <laughs> I'm increasing who are rolling their eyes at their parents, Nikki, or who are just whose eyes are slowly drifting back to the screen or device as mom or dad starts that speech again about putting your clothes in the basket and not on the basket. That's right. There mm-hmm. they go again. <laughs> Interestingly, I uh, you know I chat a lot to parents. I chat to teachers, and uh, teachers are just saying that parents are defaulting to the nagging, and children only act once parents get to the screaming stage. Mm. And what we need to do is nip it in the bud. In fact, children need to learn to do it first off the bat, not once you get to the screaming stage. And interestingly, of course. When you've got a child in preschool, they are learning how to live life. You know, Mm -hmm. they're quite, you know, they're learning how to take instructions and how to have power over their environment. So learning how to do, if I do things, then things happen. Uh, Once they're in primary school, they're in a more compliant phase, learning what the rules are. And and we've got to really get in quite quickly before we get to the risk-taking phase, the teen phase, where they really do roll their eyeballs at us. And and it really is about um, how we go about uh, creating good, healthy habits uh, so that behaviors, values, attitudes become fairly automatic, but mm-hmm. we don't want to give the long speech every time. So I talk about the short, sweet, sexy, memorable soundbite, mm-hmm. and memorable becomes actionable. So let's talk about some of these. And I'm not sure if you've got any that you use in your family, and I'd love to hear from our listeners what they use. Yeah, yeah. I, it, but, and it really is, it can be such a sort of scatter, you know, a scattered approach for so, so many parents. I wish I could tell you that I do have a sort of go-to um, go-to approach. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm still honing that skill. But you're contending, Nikki, that kids need more conversations that matter and fewer speeches. That's right. So, you know, of course we have the conversations around why we need to tidy up and why we need to hang up our towels and things. But we can't have that conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it seemed like, um, so here's some examples. When my kids were little, you know, in the morning before they go to school, there mm-hmm. are a few things that have to happen before you leave the house. You've sure. got to brush your teeth, got to clean, wash your face, you've got to put your sunblock on. We live in a hot country with hot, dangerous sun, and you must brush your hair. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to have the whole speech every morning. So eventually, I turned that into like a little mantra, a refrain. And as they came up for breakfast, I'd go, hey, teeth face. And sure. they knew what that meant, mm-hmm. you know. And then I was with, um, <laughs> I was talking to a friend about this over a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And her daughter happened to be sitting there. And I was talking about the hair, teeth, face thing. And she turned around to her mom and she said, oh, that's like you used to say respect manners, ladies and gentlemen to us. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what in their home um, they used to say to their kids, respect manners, ladies and gentlemen. And it was a funny quirk and it was about, are you being respectful? Is it good manners? Are you being a lady or a gentleman? Mm-hmm. And this was a 16-year-old who was reflecting back at her younger childhood and what stood out for her. And I thought that was really interesting that she could remember respect manners, ladies and gentlemen, because it had been said so often, but not in a nagging way. Mm-hmm. It was just a statement and a reminder of how to be in the world. Just like my kids remember Hetty's face. And I wonder how many people remember who were Barney fans um, sharing is caring. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> just one little line mm-hmm. of sharing is caring. And how often have we used that with our children, particularly in preschool, when they've maybe snatched a toy away from another child? Absolutely. And we go, Barney says... Mm, sharing is caring. Caring. So... I mean, so the the mantras and the mottos really help the message land and most importantly, they help the message stick, right? But I wonder, Nikki, I wonder when the mantras and the mottos, for whatever reason, aren't quite sticking with the kid. How do you follow that up? Is it a matter of setting up an ultimatum and then having uh, consequences? You know, because not all kids are built the same and not all kids are suitably impressed by, you know, your quirky, your quirky and memorable motto. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's go back to how you started the show and you spoke about attention. Mm. Um, You know, children are looking for attention and sometimes they use bad behavior to get attention. Sometimes they ignore you in order to get your attention. Children are masters at using negative attention-seeking behavior. Mm -hmm. And this is something where you, you know, the next stage is a choice. We give them a choice with a consequence, but the thing is we have to follow through. So if they leave their child on the floor, if they don't hang it up the first time that you say, then they know what the consequence is because you already set it up. So Mm -hmm. if you choose to pick up your towel, you choose to watch TV afterwards. Mm -hmm. If you choose to tidy up your bedroom, then you choose to have an hour of gaming. But there can only be one choice. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if they don't choose it, you've got to follow through, then they know you're serious. And that is the secret to giving a choice, is if we don't follow through, then they know they can get around you. Mm -hmm. And... And once again, teachers are are reporting back that parents are not following through with their choices. And here's another thing that you can do. Children actually want to make it with their parents. They actually do want to get their parents' attention and they want to be in your good book. Sure. Perhaps something that our parents can do this weekend is try for one day this weekend to ignore bad behavior and only notice good behavior. Mm. <laughs> it's an interesting one. I, I, I'd like some SMSs on 31702. And all you have to say is challenge accepted. I'm going to ignore bad behavior and acknowledge good behavior. And what are the consequences of that, Nikki? Yeah, so I'll tell you a story about a, a child in a family of four who was always getting into trouble because she was always seeking attention. Mm-hmm. And when the parents actually did this, um, it, 
it changed completely. And the teacher did exactly the same in the classroom because the child was doing the same in the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. She would do anything to get attention, spill things, break things, stomp her feet, uh, push a child, etc. Mm-hmm. And as soon as everybody just started paying attention to the good behavior and she realized she got no attention for bad behavior, there was no point. There was no audience. Mm-hmm. If you don't give your child an audience, there is no performance. And that's very interesting. Then there's another thing that we can do with our kids, and that is the use of music. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. The music is a lovely anchor. It's a multi-sensory anchor. And you can have, for example, um, a teacher might have uh, concentration music. But, you know, young children don't understand what concentration is. But they have particular music that they'll play when it's time to work. And uh, they'll use a phrase like getting to the job or getting done and getting doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a much easier way to approach concentration uh, now it's not playtime. You don't have to give them the speech. It's just right time for getting done and getting doing. They switch on the right kind of music and the kids know because it's an anchor. Mm. And parents could have a piece of music that they, for example, play and it's tidy up time. Sure. The minute you hear that piece of music, it's tidy up time and everybody just gets on the job. So it takes the um, smack away from your voice. Mm. And our children... You know, I know during deep lockdown, our children had us 24-7, but kids are back at school and not seeing us quite so much. And um, so when we're with them, we we don't want to be playing disciplinarian the whole time. We sure. would like things to be a little smoother and a little calmer. And I think, you know, you asked a question earlier about, you know, does this stuff stick? Mm-hmm. And if, if I have a hall of 300 children, of any age, whether they are grade two, threes, up to up to grade nines, tens, and I ask them, what is the safety mantra for a fire, for being in a fire? Yeah. They all remember what they were taught when they went to the fire station as a preschooler or an early primary schooler. And that safety mantra was stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. And actually, that's where I got this idea yeah. for these sound bites from. Is firemen do not have time to give you a lecture about why you need to do what you need to do. Literally, it's stop, drop, and roll. You've got to stop, you've got to drop and go low because that's where the oxygen is. And you need to roll if you're on fire because yeah. then you put out the flames. And kids remember that. And so ah, that, that's where this idea came from. And it works. Yeah. It really does because it's short and it's sharp. And if you think about how children who've got cell phones only deal with a certain number of characters on a screen, um, you know, that's, they can only remember uh, certain things. Yes, yeah. You know, I notice with my boys, and I always have to remind myself, and I'm guilty of this on a regular basis still, and they're in their 20s. Boys don't like essays on a cell phone. They don't like essays on a WhatsApp. They just want, what's the question? Or what's the answer? What do you want? Don't give me the whole and yeah. why and all the rest. They're tuned out by the time you get to the question. Yeah, at the end. I think that's just texting culture in general. And uh, yeah, uh, you wish and you could just pick up the phone and have a back and forth, uh, yes. you know, on an on a actual voice call. You know, it, it makes things but, move so yeah. much faster. Absolutely. 
So remember, our children have been born into this texting culture. Absolutely. So, so this this short, quick, sharp. And I'm not saying it replaces conversation. I'm not saying you mustn't have conversations. And those conversations are the things you do around the dinner table. Mm. Um, you know, when you've got time. But when you're under time pressure and you've got to get your kids to act, you need these short, short, sharp soundbites. I quite like them. That are actually all about, um, in a way, upward management instead of the traditional top-down command and control. That mm. you're wanting your kids' behavior to kick in on the back of this short, sharp thing. And uh, remember that uh, digital safety mantra that I always talk about. One mind, one body, one reputation. Mm-hmm. That is the the safety mantra not just for digital, it's for anything. And when my kids got to the party and clubbing stage, when, you know, teen stage of all your eyeballs at your parents, to stand there at the front door when they're about to go out and say, now don't forget this and don't do that and don't do the other, it's not going to land. But I just used to say to them, one mind, one body, one reputation. They used to look at me and go, yeah, ma. And <laughs> but I when they do. get to the club, it sticks, right? That's all. That those, those three short phases uh, do contain and ingrain those life skills, right? And, and ideas exactly. and information around personal safety. You really can't discount them despite the eye rolling. It's stuck. <laughs> and, and, and more than anything, we were talking about choices and consequences. It's passing on the baton of responsibility to your child that they are now responsible for their behavior. And actually, it shouldn't just be when they're 16, 17, and 18 and going off clubbing. They should be responsible for their actions at the age of six and seven and eight. Mm-hmm. And and so we need to be instilling that responsibility from as early an age as possible. So I think uh, we've got a good business idea out there uh, that you've just helped us formulate, Nikki, which is, uh, you know how you can go online and you can uh, find a generator for your um, hip-hop name or your hip-hop moniker. Uh, Somebody needs to find a generator for certain ideas, you know, certain behavioral kind of um, uh, phrases, those short shop phrases. Just hop on that (laughs) website, type in what behavior you're trying to address and it'll spit out something useful for for you. So just send your messages to 31702. Let us know what sort of phrases, what kind of short, sharp phrases that you have come up with um, that have helped in your household with your children to instill and ingrain those uh, life skills as well as messages around personal safety. Nikki, I want to play a voice note. We've got a listener who sent through a question for you. Let's listen in. I have a six-year-old daughter. Um, the only issue that we have between me and her is finishing her lunchbox. So now, uh, my neighbor would take her to school and when they come back from school, he would either take them to McDonald's or mm. buy them chocolate, sweets and so on. So then, due to the fact that she does not finish her lunchbox, I then uh, suggested that I would inform him not to buy them sweets, chocolate, McDonald's, anymore if in case she doesn't finish her lunchbox we agreed for the first week she was a good girl finished the lunchbox and so on the second week she came to me she said mommy you know what i think you might as well tell your friend not to buy me chocolate sweets and everything else that's fine because now i'm thinking 
perhaps she's saying that due to the fact that she doesn't want to finish her lunch but so she'd rather lose out on getting the pizzas and so on because perhaps maybe that was the threat that i gave to her if in case she does not finish her lunchbox but yeah we back to square one mm. so me suggesting that to her did not work so guys please help me <laughs> sure nikki i'm sure you heard that voice note in its entirety um it looks like using treats as incentives did not work out for this mom so I didn't quite get it. It was quite broken up. What uh, Somebody else was buying the treats. Was so, yes, correct? someone else who fetches her daughter from school was buying her treats, McDonald's, pizza, sweets, etc. And at some point, um, uh, the listener basically was incentivizing her daughter to finish her lunch at school. And then after school, when she was being dropped off or picked up, she would then be able to have treats. But if her lunchbox wasn't, f- wasn't eaten or empty, she would not be allowed to have these treats. But uh, the child make, made an independent decision and said, well, you know what, mom, just tell your friend not to give me treats after school because well, it looks like yeah. she's not interested in her lunch. Pretty mature well, of the, the child. child was right. <laughs> I think the child was very wise. Mm. And I think actually the conversation was between the two parents. That's where the conversation should have been. So um, there's two things that could, ha- could happen. The one parent could speak to the other parent and ask them not to buy the treats. And the other option is, well, if you're going to get those treats after school, you clearly don't need your lunchbox, so we don't have to pack one. Mm. And how to incentivize eating all your food without using sweets and treats to do so? Exactly. And that's exactly what uh, um, some teachers uh, are actually moving away from a star chart. Yeah. Because they're saying, we are raising a culture of children who only do things if they get a reward. Mm, okay, and those participation true. ribbons. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do stuff, yeah. and uh, and and so yeah, I think that there's there's two ways that that mum can handle that situation. All right. Nikki, um, I'm looking at the time. It is 8.30. I know you are very excited to get into Learn to Count. Can we hold it over for next week? We can do that, absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right, fantastic. And of course, uh, um, a details on our conversation today can be found on? Uh, com. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Nikki. Looking forward to our conversation next week. Um, if you are a parent and you'd like us to address a specific uh, topic regarding your children, um, send those suggestions to refilu at 702.co.za. I'll definitely pass them on to Nikki. And of course, as I've asked Nikki, we're going to, talk toys next week. The toy review will be Learn to Count, which Nikki was particularly excited about. Thanks so much, Nikki. We'll chat next week.